why he'd even give me the time of day. Not only me, but you. But I'm glad he does. I'm glad he loves us and cares for us. <clears throat> We're going to pray for a couple of requests. Brother Darrell's going to come speak for us tonight. But um, before I came out, I received a text from Sister Barbara uh, Gravely about her and Brother Bert, and they tested positive today for COVID and very sickly and really needing a touch from the Lord. Also, I received a message from Brother Robert Marrero. He was here with us this weekend, and he had to go in today and thought that he had um, um, something going on with his tooth. But anyway, it was a really, really serious infection, and they have gave him like 1,500 milligrams of some type of antibiotic. said his jaw just really killed him, so he was at church, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to preach or not preach, so he really needs our, our prayers tonight. Anybody else with a need and request before the Lord? God bless you. Just hold it right there. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you're a prayer answering God. We're so thankful that you're not like Buddha. We're thankful that you're not like a lot of these gods that people worship. Lord, I don't know that I'll ever forget as I saw it there in Durban, South Africa years ago, all those Hindus, thousands times thousands, tens of thousands of them, worshiping all them gods. They'd take them big spears and run it into their bodies, hang big grab hooks in their sides, hang grapefruit, oranges off of them, take big long pins, eight or nine inches long, run it into their tongue, screaming, hollering. I stood there, Lord. It made me so grateful to know the truth. And I want to thank you again tonight that we know the truth. The truth has made us free. So Lord Jesus, we know that you hear us when we pray. So we're bringing these needs before you tonight, Father. We pray for Brother Bird, Sister Barbara, that you would help them. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, move on their behalf. Father, we mention Brother Robert to you tonight, Lord. You see the need of our brother, just that excruciating pain that he's been dealing with, dear God. We ask in the name of Jesus for your mercy. Then, Lord, we bring before you all these hundreds of hands that were uplifted. Maybe a child, 
maybe a financial need, maybe a situation on a job, a prayer request for someone that's going wavered. We don't know what they were. But every hand that was uplifted, you know that need. And we're agreeing together in the promise of your word. And we believe what your word says. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we send our prayers tonight on the wings of faith. And we give you praise that you are going to hear them and answer them according to your divine will. As Brother Darrell comes to speak to us tonight, what you placed on his heart, I pray that you would anoint us, Lord, that we can receive from you. We're so needy. Each one of us are so needy. Help us tonight, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You ready for the word? probably just as surprised as I am to be standing here, <laughs> but yet the Lord knows all things. Kind of such an honor to stand before you, and I was just in the study there, and it just kind of dawned on me that I guess this is probably the last time I'll ever stand behind this pulpit and preach at this church. Kind of made me a little sad. <laughs> I, I preached my first message here at Happy Valley many, many years ago. It's always been an honor to stand before you and, and preach God's word. I'm so happy that in all the places in the world that he could allow me to go to church and serve him, I'm just real grateful in my heart that he allowed me to come here. I sure love you all. And I grew up here as a little boy. I used to, a five or six-year-old, I was here at this church. And some of the brothers that's done going on and crossed over were, were my heroes. Brother Cecil and Brother Alan McKinney and different ones that when I was a boy I looked to as the pillars of their church. And I look forward to that day when we all gather back in again. But until then we'll press on. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles this evening, turn with us to the book of John. And I know I normally maybe preach along the lines of evangelistic, but if the Lord will help us, I just want to maybe change that just a little bit tonight and just look at this that the Lord put on our heart, and we trust it to be a blessing to you. But we want to read from John chapter 1, starting at verse 32, 33, and 34. May the Lord bless you richly, be our prayer. Certainly love Brother Donnie and appreciate him, and I'm just grateful he's my pastor. Thank you, babe. 1 John 32. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Amen. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his word. Let us just bow our heads. I want to speak to you for a few minutes this evening on he told me what to look for. He told me what to look for. Heavenly Father, thy word is true. 
We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you. We ask, dear God, that your blessings would be upon this congregation, myself, and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. <clears throat> he told me what to look for. You know, God, who is rich in mercy, has always gave instructions to his people so that they would not err in the way that they should go. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. We find over in Luke chapter 2 that he sent an angel to the shepherds who was watching over their flock at night. And the angel of the Lord came unto them, you know, and gave them the salutation about David, uh, the, in the city of David, the Savior Christ, which was born. And then the angel said this in verse 12 to the shepherds, and this shall be a sign unto you that you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And it came to pass that as the angels were going away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is to come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Now notice when they left, they didn't go to a king's palace. They didn't go to a high dollar hotel or an inn. They didn't go to the Ritz Carlton. They didn't go to some resort for the elite. You know why they didn't go there? Because they knew he wasn't there. They knew he wasn't there. But the Bible said they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Now, I can just imagine in my mind when I was looking at this, that they show up and here's Mary and Joseph and this baby. And no doubt Mary is saying, how did you find us? How did you even know we were here? And they might have said to Mary, he, the angel, he told us what to look for. <laughs> he told us what to look for. You know, and I say this to you, say to God tonight, if you want to find Jesus in your day, look to where the angel messenger is saying he's at. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We've had an angel messenger in this hour to tell us where he's at. So it blows my mind when we see people trying to go other places to find him when he's already told us where he's at. If you want to find him, don't look to where he ain't. Look to where he is. Amen. You see, down through the ages, he sent prophets with eagle visions who could raise up and they could be able to see things that are coming afar off and begin to cry out for it and give the people insight to things that are to be and what to look for. So God would anoint his prophets with eagle visions and they could see way off into the future and tell the people things that are to be. And I think of the mighty prophet Isaiah who was caught up and he began to cry out. He was caught up in the spirit and he began to cry out in Isaiah 40. He said, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 712 years later. That's pretty good vision. Amen. I wish I could see that far. 712 years later, the Pharisees came from Jerusalem into the desert asking John, who are you? Who are you? And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then art thou, Elias? And he saith, I am not. 
Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No, I'm not Malachi 4. And then they said unto him, Who are you? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? You know what he said? He said of himself exactly what Isaiah said of him 712 years before. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As saith the prophet Isaiah. What was he saying? I am Isaiah's prophecy fulfilled. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. You see, God told them what to look for. He was the very vindication of Isaiah's prophecy. His teaching, his nature, his character. And they even came from Jerusalem out into the wilderness to see him. The very words of the prophet was made flesh, was standing right before them. How could they miss it? When he told them what to look for. He told them what to look for. And John the Baptist fulfilled it exactly to the letter. Even to being out in the wilderness. How could they miss that? How could those religious leaders miss that? Jesus told them, ye hypocrites, you're blind leaders of the blind. I sent you prophets. I told you what to look for through them. And you stoned them, he said. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stone them, which are sent unto thee. How oft I would have gathered thee, thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. And ye would not. It wasn't me. I would have done it. But you would not come under the headship of my word. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Stephen told him in Acts 7, Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they slain them which, should, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and the murderers. Stephen said, He sent you prophets to tell you what to look for before the just one comes. And what did you do? You persecuted them and stoned them and called them liars and false prophets. The very ones he sent to vindicate his word. You persecuted them and stoned them. And now you have betrayed and killed the very one they said would come. They were blinded by their creeds, by their self-righteous religion and the pride of life. When God told them what to look for and he fulfilled it to the letter, not one iota did it miss. God keeps his word. How? By bringing it to pass. Amen. I can see them that day in Jerusalem when the prophecy of Zechariah was being fulfilled. I can see him sitting around the table, maybe finishing lunch. And he might have looked over to his wife and said, honey, let's read today from the scroll of Zechariah. And he pulls out the scroll of Zechariah and he begins to read. And Zechariah 9, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just in having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a coat the foal of an ass. 
And no doubt while they were yet reading that scripture, you know, the little daily bread scriptures, no doubt when they, when they was reading it and they heard the commotion and they looked up over the table and saw him come riding in on a donkey, exactly what Zechariah said. But they were so blinded by the traditions that they said, who is this? I'll tell you who it is. It's the fulfillment of Zechariah. said who is this who is this the Bible says in Matthew 21 10 when he came into Jerusalem all oh, the city was moved saying who is this and it's something that God can so fulfill his word in the day you're living in and yet people stagger all over it and post all kinds of garbage on Facebook about it and yet it's the very fulfillment of God's word that he said he would do. The city was moved saying, who is this? The city may not have known, but there were some there who caught the revelation. Why did they catch it? How did they know? Because he told them through the prophet Zechariah what to look for. When you see this come to pass, this is, hallelujah, the son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. They knew what to look for. The prophet Zechariah had become flesh. And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Why? He told them what to look for. The woman at the well, she knew what to look for. Even though she was troubled in her life. Her, well, basically, her life was a mess. She longed for something, an outcast. Other women, she couldn't even go to the well with them. She'd had five husbands and was living with a man at that time. And she came to the well that day with her life in such a mess. But she knew what to look for. She didn't notice him at first sitting there with his back to the well. And she heard someone say, give me a drink. And she said, not knowing exactly what was happening at the moment. She said, it's customary, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, that you should ask me such a question as to give you a drink. And yet Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink. And you know, the conversation continued. And he called her spirit and he found her trouble. And he said, go get your husband. And she said, I have none. And he said, it's exactly right. Thou hast well said, for you've had five, and the one you're now with is not your husband. And she said, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he is come, he will tell us all things. Why? She knew what to look for. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And the revelation struck. And she dropped her water pots, ran into the city. She didn't care if she was an outcast. She had a message, a fresh, urgent message. I have found the Messiah. How do you know you found? 
found him. How do you know he's not false? He told me what to look for. He told me what he would do. And he done exactly what he said he would do. That's the David. That's the God I serve. The God who will do exactly what he said he'll do. Amen. Hallelujah. She knew what to look for. And when she saw it, she knew that was him. He had a scriptural identification. John, standing on the river that day, they said to him, John, you say the Messiah is alive today? Yes. Where's he at? He's here on the earth somewhere. I don't know where he is, but I'll know him when he comes. How do you know, John? How will you know him when he comes? God told me what to look for. He told me what to look for. John said, I'll see him when he comes. They said, oh, oh, John, look at here. Here comes a fella. He's got a crown on his head. That must be the Messiah driving those horses. John said, that's not him. Walked right up to him and said, it ain't lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And it made Herod's wife so mad, the prophet said, she hated him as long as she lived. And John kept looking. He said, oh, I'll know him. I'll know him when he comes. How do you know, John? He told me what to look for. God told me I'd see a sign. It would be a Messiah sign. And I'll know the Messiah because the Messiah sign will be there. Are you hearing me, church? The Messiah sign will be there. And by this you'll know this is that scripture that God said would come to pass in the hour that you're living in. It don't matter what Facebook said. It don't matter what anybody else says. The word of God says it. The word of God confirms it. Amen. Hallelujah. One day standing out there, he saw it. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God. How do you know, John? He told me what to look for. Eliezer searching out a bride for Isaac. He knew what to look for. He prayed to God to make his journey prosperous. He says, let the damsel that waters the candle give me a drink also. Let her be the bride for thy son, Isaac. And while, oh my. Ain't it wonderful to know you're an answer to prayer? This man was praying. And while he was praying, the answer of his prayer came walking right up to him. You're talking about a prayer with legs on it. That's a prayer with legs on it. And while he was yet praying, here come Rebecca. And when did he find her? In the evening time. And she watered the camel because he said, let the damsel that comes and waters this camel and gives me a drink. Let that be the one that you've chosen, Lord, to be the bride for your servant Isaac. And while he was yet praying his prayer, Rebecca come and drawed water and give him a drink and watered the camel also. It don't get much plainer than that. She fulfilled the prayer to the letter. He was looking for his prayer to be the guiding 
of choosing this bride, of finding this girl. He was depending upon his prayer. How many times do you do? Do you just pray? You know, you get it all the time, pray for so-and-so, and you see people answer back when you're in the group text, and they'll say, praying, or they'll put praying hands. Sometimes I wonder, do we really pray? You see, his prayer, he was dependent on his prayer being answered to find, oh God, to find the bride. When you pray, do you depend on your prayer to be answered? If you do, you'll pray a different way. You'll believe a different way when you pray. With the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, availeth much with that revelation. Uh, that's who I am. When you pray, something's got to happen. Prayer is not a burden. Prayer is a privilege. It is a great weapon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And notice... The Campbell was the beast, the prophet said. The same beast that she was watering was the one who packed her to her bridegroom. The very animal that she was watering was the very animal that packed her to her bridegroom. And what is watering? What is watering? What does that symbol? The very Campbell she was watering led her to her bridegroom. It packed her to her bridegroom. So what is watering? What does that symbol signify? What does that mean to be watering? The prophet said by watering the word, it means punctuating the word with an amen. When the word is being preached, we shouldn't set like we have no voice. But we should punctuate the word with an amen. We should water that word. Oh, brother, sister, the word that you are hearing, the things that you are hearing from this pulpit will pack us to our bridegroom. It's not something that's coming. It's here now. Be very careful who pulls you out of the leadership of your pastor. By watering the word, you're punctuating the word with an amen. Then the prophet said this. I had to get up and walk around the room three o'clock this morning. You want a revival? Start watering the word, the promise. You want to come out of that wheelchair? Start watering the word. You want to come out from that cancer? Start watering the word. God heals cancer. He heals all our sicknesses. Thousands times thousands of infallible proof that God has proven. I am the Lord, thy God, who heals all thy diseases. We need to believe it. We need to amen it. We need to receive it. You want a revival? Open up your mouth and ask him for it. You want to be healed? Open up your mouth and ask him for it. watering the promises with an amen. The very power that we're watering now with praises and thanksgivings and glory and power and might is the very Holy Spirit that'll pack us to see Jesus someday. 
I wasn't here Sunday, but I was here last Wednesday night. The anointing that was here last Wednesday night by honoring it and worshiping it and praising it and becoming a part of it, that anointing will pack us someday to see Jesus. He told us what to look for. He told us what to look for. Healing. He told us what to look for when it comes to healing. How do you know you're going to get healed when you're prayed for? God told me what to look for. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believe in me, the works I do shall he do also. And greater works these because I go unto my Father. And whoever shall ask in my name, shall ask in my name, that will I do. Well, Brother Darrell, I tried that and nothing happened. I tried that six months ago. Is that right? We know the prophet told us we had a checkbook. And we could write a check for whatever we have need of and send it up. And he said the cashiers are busy sometimes, but they will cash the check. Now, some of you people can't wait 30 minutes on God, but you'll go to bank on Monday morning because you need a check cash before you go to work. And there's some little lady standing up there front telling the teller about her bursitis. And you're thinking, I've got to go to work, lady. But do you sit there and wait for her to get done? Yes, you do. You know why? You need the money. If we can wait on a bank teller, cannot we wait on our God to fulfill what he said he would do for us? Abraham waited 25 years. We ought to at least wait that long before we even start doubting that he can do it. If you ask anything, in my name, I will do it. These signs shall follow them that believe. Not say they believe, but really believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands upon the sick. And they shall recover I think I've told you this here before but it just came on my mind I'm going to tell it again I was down in Alton, Missouri Alton, Missouri is absolutely 19 miles from nowhere there's a sister came in I didn't know her at the time Sister Kathleen Wilson she, she's here maybe Patricia they know her real well Sister Vera and I was down there Brother Leon Wilson's Sister Kathleen's husband before he passed I used to preach for him down there and she came in dragging her right side. She'd had a stroke. And we prayed for her. The church prayed for her. She turned around and drugged herself off. No change. And the devil said, see there? She came up for help. And you couldn't help her. You know what I told the devil? I ain't the healer. I'm not the healer. He told me to lay hands on the sick. I did what he told me to do. The rest is up to him. It ain't up to you. It ain't up to me. All we're supposed to do is lay our hands on the sick. My God will take care of the rest. Amen. Amen. About a year later, I saw her again. She was perfectly well. Amen. Amen. How do we know about healing? How do you know that? He told us what to look for. He told us what to do it. Salvation. How do you know you're going to receive the Holy Ghost? How do you know that? 
I follow his word. He told me what to look for. I know what's coming next. On the day of Pentecost, they were pricked in their heart and they said unto the Peter and to the rest of them, what men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He told us what to do. He told us the formula. If you do it, Hallelujah. You shall. Not could be, not hope so, not maybe. You shall. For the promise is unto you and to your children, even as far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Do you know what's coming next? Do you know what to look for? You see, if you obey God's word, if you obey the word, then his promise comes next. Oh, God. You see, with the word comes a promise. And if you are obedient to the word, then the promise comes next. Then you shouldn't be hoping. You shouldn't be hoping at all. If you follow the formula, you should be expecting it. God likes for his people to shout the victory before the wall ever comes down. If you've got the revelation that we win, we can shout the victory tonight without one evidence. Because if we follow God's word, the promise comes next. His promise comes next. Why? Because God cannot lie. He ain't. He's God. What's next? The fulfillment. Of the promise. He told me what to look for. He told us what to look for in the hour that we're living in. Now we looked at the shepherds and we looked at John's day and we looked at Matthew 21. But let's just bring it down to our day. Where we're living at today. I love to go back and see what he was. But if we can find out what he was, then we know what he is. So he told us what to look for in the end time signs. And I've got a few quotes if you don't mind me reading quotes. But I, I, I thought, well, I could preach. But I just, I just want you to know this is what he said. We see great end time signs on the earth today. And we know that that's right. Now, look, I've waited for this for a long, long time for this message to you. See? And you've seen the end time signs and I've preached it to you and I've showed it to you by everything that Christ said. Is that right? Congregation says amen. You'll admit that. Amen. We're at the end time. I don't see nothing left. What about the mark of the beast? Those who reject the Holy Spirit is already marked by the beast. The punishment will come later. So how can people claim to have the Holy Ghost and walk away from this message? When the Holy Ghost was sent to vindicate the very message that we follow. So to reject the message of the hour is to receive the mark of the beast. And when you leave it to go to some other church, 
a denominational church that preaches God loves everybody. All you're doing is going to one of mama's little girl's churches. I'm sorry, friends. That's the God's truth. The blood's not on my hands. I've told the truth. We're at the end time. We can't play no more. To reject the Holy Spirit. You've already, it's already marked by the beast. Those who reject it is already marked by the beast. The punishment will come later. Oh, God have mercy. Such a serious thing. I've been studying the message. I've not preached it yet on thrown away. The things people throw away. As they say, one man's junk is another man's treasure. Thrown away. I just toss it. It don't mean nothing. Oh God. Blackouts. End time signs. Blackouts. Isn't it a strange thing that not long ago on the East Coast, the big blackout, they couldn't understand it. Texas blacked out last week. They can't understand it. Don't you realize that's a sign? Don't you know the nations are breaking? Israel's in our homeland, and these signs are indicating we are at the end. The same, the same time is blacking out. Don't you know that's a sign? The prophet said. He told us what to look for. When you see the blackouts, that's a sign. Don't you know that's a sign the prophet said? But there shall be light about the evening time. That there will be light come forth in the evening time. When the blackouts and things are going the way they are now. When there's blackouts and the things that are going the way they are now. There shall be light. Look at just how it blacked out. The Pope just came over here. Members of the tabernacle with them. You got the tapes, I guess. All of you take them. How that the Lord showed there that day in the tabernacle exactly those church ages would be and how they would be. And I had them drawn out on a board up there. Them church ages, which you see, drawn out in a book. And if the Holy Spirit didn't come down in a pillar of fire and went right to the back there on the wall and draw them out himself. Right. While three or four hundred people sitting there looking at it. And just as the Pope started over here, the moon somehow blacked out. And they took their pictures the same way that it was drawn up there on the platform. Now he's made his trip over here on the 13th walk. On the 13th walk, 13 steps. Serve communion to 13. To a nation that's numbered 13. And blackouts are coming everywhere. Don't you see where we're at? We're at the end time. Scoffers shall rise in the last days. Scoffers shall rise in the last days. Even from our own ranks. There's no difference in the time than what it was when our fathers fell asleep. But when you see these things begin to happen, raise up your head. Get ready. Something could happen at any time. Christ come for his church. When, Brother Rob, when the blackouts are happening in the evening time, ABC News, 6-2022. A summer of blackouts. Whizzing power grid leaves states at risk. The worries of rolling blackouts threaten to compound the stress and the anxiety of the shaky economy 
the enduring the, the pandemic and the energy shortages exuberated by the war in Ukraine. And it has led to the warnings, warnings of blackouts in unexpected places. It may be unexpected to them, but to us, he told us what to look for. He told us what to look for. King of the north. The third vision was in the realm of the world politics. For it showed me that there would be three great isms. Fascism, Nazism, and Communism. But the first two would be swallowed up into the third. The voice admonished, watch Russia. Watch Russia. But in this day, there wasn't a Russia. When he said this, it wasn't Russia. It was USSR. But he didn't say USSR. He said Russia. Watch Russia. Keep your eye on the king of the north. We're nearing that time. Remember, church, you're living in the best days you ever will live in right now until Jesus comes. It shall gradually, not gradually, but rapidly get worse and worse when Russia goes down there to get that oil. Not solar batteries. Not electric cars. Come on, somebody. Not electric cars. When they ain't interested in batteries. They want the oil. When they go down there and get the oil, look out. That's all she needs. That's what the prophet said it would do. And we're ready for it then. Watch Russia when she goes to get the oil. He told us what to look for. Hmm? November 20, November, I think the 3rd, 2020, November 1st, something like that, 2020, I bought gas at exit uh, 238 on I-40 for $1.78 a gallon. Last night I bought gas for 379 and was glad it went down some. Why? Because everybody's bickering about oil. Think about it, friends. He told us what to look for. That's what the prophet said it would do, and we're ready for it then. So church, get ready to meet Christ. He's sending, oh my. He's sending great revivals and meetings, stirring up the full gospel people. Signs and wonders appearing everywhere. Great wonders to draw his people together. And one day he shall come, the deliverer. He's drawing his people together. Why are we gathering together for? To leave. Tidal waves. To those without a hope, those without Christ, without God, lost in the world, you're in a miserable condition. But those that are in Christ Jesus should be happy. Those that are in Christ Jesus should be happy. Oh my, I got the grin and lost my place. They should be happy. And lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. You had a great sign to happen here in Chicago a few days ago. 
Jesus said in the last days, the waves would be roaring, perplexed of time, distressed between the nations. What was it? Speaking of these tidal waves, never been known in all the history of the world. Ever tidal waves ever broke through like that until the last days. A tidal wave which is prophesied right from this platform struck Chicago right here and washed the people and killed up and down the banks of Chicago. No science can even figure it out. Huh? A tidal wave strikes Chicago. That don't even seem possible. So I looked it up. June 26, 1954, a wall of water, eight foot tall, 25 miles wide, struck the entire Chicago lakefront, sweeping fishermen away, killing 15, maybe 20. But this tidal wave wasn't caused by the ocean. It was caused by the lake. And the prophet said they say it was some wind or something of another. And I looked it up and that's what they were trying to blame it on. It was some kind of a wind and an atmospheric disturbance. But the prophet said it wasn't wind. It was the finger of God. Amen. Pronouncing judgment. Oh God, friends. He told us what to look for. The tsunamis, the tidal waves, the things that he said. They're happening all around us. Amen. UFOs. You see signs appearing and wonders appearing, mysterious things happening. Sure, flying saucers through the air and everything else. Jesus said there'd be signs in the heavens above and in the earth below, pillars of fire and vapors of smoke. And it shall come to pass before that great and terrible day of the Lord shall come. He spoke all these things. The sea a roaring, tidal waves breaking, everything, men's hearts failing. The greatest time of heart trouble we've ever had. Fear, perplex of time, distress between nations. Sounds like the today's newspaper. <laughs> oh my. How the prophet said the horseless carriages here that race in the broadways and seem like torches and run like lightning. Automobiles on the freeway. He didn't know what to call them. He didn't know to call it a GMC or a Ford. All he knew was chariots. He said, these chariots ain't even got no horses. And they've got like torches on the front of them. It was the headlights. He was seeing it. He was seeing the interstates. They wouldn't even know interstates until Hitler. Hitler's responsible for the autobahns so that he can move his army faster. He's the one that invented multi-lane highways. We never had them until this day we're living in. He told us what to look for. The prophets prophesied what to look for. Atomic bombs and people scared in the Pentagon. They don't know what to do. Mystic signs in the skies of flying saucers and everything that God predicted. It's time for that Elijah. He's here somewhere to rise. Well, he sure was. He's the one talking. Oh, my. But here's what, this is why I wanted to read this quote to you. Because I know you know all that stuff. You've heard it many times. But this was what was at the bottom of this quote. And it just so touched me. Because I tell you, I've traveled 30 some years. I was telling the young people last night how many years I've traveled and how many miles I've, I've just averaged it out of what I've traveled. 
But in all my travel of preaching the gospel all over the country, in different countries, I have never seen such a time as this that the people are crying out for the coming of the Lord. People are physically crying out with their mouths for the rapture and the consummation and the going home. I have never, friends, in a, I'm, I'm being honest with you, in all my years of travel, I have never seen it like I have in the last two years of people wanting to go home. Remember when the children of, oh, I'm not taking too much, let me hurry. You remember when the children of Israel was in bondage and God came down to Moses? What did he tell Moses? He told Moses, I have heard the cry of my people and I remember my promise. And I am come down to deliver them. In other words, I have come down to fulfill my promise because I don't make a promise unless I can keep it. So with that in mind, listen to the rest of this quote. God predicted it's time for Elijah. He's somewhere to rise on the scene. Let the people, let that little flock, that little remnant that God would give them, let that little remnant go to calling out to God and watch what happens. Thank you, Lord. I guess it didn't do for you what it did for me. This quote is being fulfilled in my ears. I hear the people crying out for their deliverance. They're saying, even so, Lord, come. Bring us out of this mess. Get us out of this mess. The very thing the prophet said. The very thing the children of old said. And the prophet of God said, when they begin to cry out. Could it be? Could it be? I'm just, Brother Donnie, I hope this is all right. But could it be that our cries are the what awakens the dead? Amen. He told us what to look for. We see it this day. This quote is being fulfilled. There'll be a national showdown. There'll be a power that's never been seen before. But the trouble of it is, this time, it's going to be too late for them then. The doors will be closed. Souls that are now in prison. Oh, God, have mercy. John, it makes you want to cry out with everything in you, buddy. going to be too late for them then the doors will be closed we're at the end time pray see the world don't know what it is the world don't know what it is but you know what's going on you know what it is why he told us what to look for God God rich in his mercy has told us what to look for we're not blinded friends your eyes are not blinded I told Cheryl I said sometimes I think blind land I see it it's so dark they don't even realize how dark it is because they're blind we see the darkness because we can see they can't see they're blind Oh God. So we know it's investigating judgment angels, you see. How at the Pentagon and all about how it comes right down to the intelligence. 
and how they can be. Brother Bram snaps his fingers once and go like a flash and be gone. Pull away from anything that they've got, see. They don't realize what it is. Let them think whatever they want to. They call it flying saucers or whatever. They don't know. They call it flying saucers. The prophet didn't say it was. He told us what it was. He said it was investigating angels. And for years, they denied that they even knew anything about it. Until this year. In a rare public U.S. Congress hearing held for the first time in 50 years, a top defense official told lawmakers that an increasing number of identified flying objects have been reported in the sky over the past 20 years. Since the early 2000s, we have seen an increased number of unauthorized or unidentified aircraft or objects. In military control training area and training ranges and other designated air spaces. Our government acknowledged for the first time that there's objects in the atmosphere that they don't know what they are. Our government don't have a clue. I know that's surprising to some of you all. Our government don't have a clue. But you know. You know. You know why you know? That's right. He told us what to look for. Oh, can I have just a few more minutes? I just got to share these few more things with you. It shall come to pass that in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at the evening time it shall be light. He said it shall be light in the evening time. There will be a sign rise in the evening time. Don't miss it, friends. Don't miss it. The same S-O-N. S-O-N S-O-N would give the same light. The same S-U-N sun gives the same sunlight and the same S-O-N sun gives the same S-O-N light. God said, I will restore, saith the Lord, all the years I'll send back another church. In the last days, I will restore that original power again. In the evening time, it shall be heart light. Down in the heart of the tree, no matter how many branches is pruned, there will come forth the royal seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. God promised it. God will do it. He said he would do it. The prophet said it shall be light about the evening time. The S-O-N will peep out again. It shall be like what? The same S-O-N, S-O-N sun that was revealed in the flesh at the morning time. Back there will be revealed again in the evening time. The S-O-N appeared in the morning in flesh. And the S-O-N will appear again in the evening time in flesh. My flesh, 
the same word speaks for the groom, speaks also for the bride. Amen. Oh God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now compare that to Luke 17, 30. And that day as it was in the days of Sodom, the setting of the world at the time that the Son of Man is being revealed. The very same gospel that was preached on the day of Pentecost. The very signs that followed for 30 some odd years after that down in the church has returned back to the church again. Falling right down to the end. When did Rebecca find Isaac? When did Eliezer call her to be the bride? Evening time. It shall be light about the evening time. The way to glory you shall surely find. That was the beginning of it. Now she stayed right into the bright light. See what I mean? God knows his church. Now I know I'm reading a lot, but I just wanted, this is what he's. These signs shall follow them. Not they'll belong to the Methodists or the Baptists or the Pentecostals, but these signs shall follow them that believe. He knows believers. He knows believers. There's been churches, churches, brides, churches, brides, brides, but there's got to come one. Hallelujah. There has to come a real bride. There must come one that's not only got the mechanics, but the dynamics of it. It makes the church live and move in the power of his resurrection. I'll have a church without spot or blemish. The reason he said it is because he knows that church will go through the test. Don't worry, friends. We will survive the Facebook test. I feel sorry for them when God shuts them up because he will shut them up. Is the bride of Christ and the body of Christ the same? Is the bride of Christ and the body of Christ the same? Yes, sir. See, now here, I don't want to get started on it because I've got to preach a sermon on it, see? But I won't do that. But I want to show you. When God gave Adam his bride from his side, he says, she's flesh in my flesh and bone on my bone. Is that right? When God gave Christ his bride, the spirit gave the flesh. The bride was pushed, was, pier was pierced in the side under his heart, and the water, blood, and spirit came forth. That become flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. We are the flesh and bones. The bride will be the flesh and bones of Christ. Amen. Exactly. There you are. That is his bride. Would the bride of Christ, would the bride of Christ have a ministry before the rapture? Sure. It's going on right now. See, the bride of Christ? Certainly. It is the message of the hour. I'm sorry. Push play is not the message of the hour. I'm sorry. That's contrary to the message. He told us what to look for. Do not, if you think Isaiah talked about John 712 years and gave it right down to the letter that if God wanted us to push play, would not some prophet prophesied of it? But no prophet prophesied push play. But he did say there will be a five-fold ministry. Will she have a ministry? Sure. It's going on right now. The bride of Christ, it's the message of the hour. Sure. She consists of apostles, prophets, teachers, 
evangelists, pastors. Is that right? Is that right? Do we have them? Do we have God called pastors? Yes, we do. Why? He said we would have. He You say right now, I stand behind Brother Donnie 110,000%. He is my pastor. She's got a ministry. She's got a ministry. She's got a ministry. She's got something to say. And what she said's already been saying in the word. For the final voice, for the final age will be God speaking through his bride. It's the ministry of the hour. It'll be so humble. Now that is true. Oh, it gets better. God called messiahs. God called us. And we become kings and priests unto God. Like Jesus was God's high priest, we become a lesser priest. Jesus was God in the fullness, dwelling him to shine forth the expression of God to the world. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And as God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, God comes into his church. And what does he do through the church? The ministry of reconciliation by the word of reconciliation that we can take the word of God and bind and loose sins. The same thing he did when he was here. Because the man that was, that was paralyzed, they led him down through the roof. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. Who does this man think he is? That he's able to forgive sins. Jesus said, well, which is harder? Which is harder? Say thy sins be forgiven thee or take up your bed and walk. So that you may know I can do both. Hallelujah. We're just not a ministry of words. We're a ministry of signs and wonders, healings and miracles. And the power of the spoken word. You say, Brother Darrell, I've battled this thing for 25 years. I've battled this thing for 40 years. So did Congressman Upsaw, 66 years in a wheelchair. But that night was his night, and he got up. Hallelujah. It don't matter. Just be found believing. Hey, Amen. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And as God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, God comes into the church and anoints him. He anoints him. Some messiahs. Oh my, do you see it? The same thing he did in his church. The same power he had in his church. 
And his church becomes his dominion. He's king over this dominion. And we are kings and priests offering spiritual sacrifices to God. The fruits of our lips giving praise to his name. Oh my, there you are. Messiahs. Messiahs. Little Messiahs. Little anointed ones. Anointed off of what? Off the main one. Anointed off the great one. Oh, church, it's not something that's coming, the prophet said. It's here now. The bride is on the earth now. He told us what to look for. And we see it with our eyes. Do you love him, friends? Brother Harry, come. I'll just, I got more, but we'll just quit. Come, amen. Do you love him tonight? <laughs> He told us what to look for. And we see it with our eyes. You see, friends, we're no longer just reading the quotes. We're living them. We're not talking about a vision. You're in it. You are the vision. I think of Brother Eddie Biscoe. You know, I preached the message one time. It, it, it's me. And in that message, I talked about the green checker church. So I called Brother Eddie. And I asked Brother Eddie, I said, Brother Eddie, would you tell me that testimony? I said, I've got this little message I've been working on. And he was so nice, man. I love Brother Eddie. He's just so precious. He always called me Brother Dale. He never did call me Brother Daryl. <laughs> but you know what? I loved him so much and respected him, I never corrected him. I just answered him. I was just glad he's talking to me. <laughs> But he told me, you know what he told me? He said, Brother Darrell, about a month before that happened, Brother Brandon called me and told me about the vision. Told me about the shirt and the, the caribou. What with 42 inches, if I'm going from my memory, 42 inches or caribou or something like that. And the, he said, Brother Darrell, it meant nothing to me. Just a vision. It was just a vision. So we went there that day. I said, Brother Bannon, God, I said, look around. I said, now, this looks like the place where I'm to shoot that caribou. He said, then if it is, somebody should have a green checker shirt. And Brother Bickle said, everybody in the camp said, we ain't got one, Brother Bannon. Ain't no green checker shirt in this camp or plaid shirt, I think is actually what he said. And he said, well, perhaps it'll be somewhere else, but this sure looks like the place he told me to look for. So they go out hunting, and this morning, Brother Eddie said, I get up, and I, it was kinda, I, I went across a log. I slipped and fell into the river. Got wet. So I go back to the tent. It was dark. He said, I just reached into the duffel bag, got a change of clothes, and put it on. He said, Brother Darrell, I hunted all day. I glassed all day. I looked around all day. And Brother Branham shoots the caribou, and they measure it out the horns, 42 inches. And he said, now somebody should have on a green plaid shirt. And he said, why, Brother Eddie? Brother Eddie said, hey, I got on a green. <laughs> Brother Eddie said, well, Brother Branham, I didn't know. But he does now. And he's forever known as the man with the green plaid shirt. He was that man in the vision. And you are the people in this vision. This is who we are.
We truly believe, oh God, that it will not be long till we see him who we've loved and longed to see. The great ransomed church of God will stand redeemed in his image. Oh, for that day when the trumpet shall sound and the dead begins to rise and we're called up with them to meet the Lord in the air, we long for that great event. But friends, it's closer today than it was yesterday. He's told us what to look for. Let's water this word with our praise. Let's water this word with our amens. He told us what to look for. He's told us what to look for. Do you love him tonight? Oh my. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. People get ready. Jesus is coming to take from this world his own. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. Oh, people get ready. Jesus is coming to take from this world his own. Are you ready? Are you ready? Young people, are you ready? Mama, are you ready? Daddy, are you ready? Let's get ready to go. Heavenly Father, <laughs> I love you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, I can't, I can't even, I can't even express from my heart, Lord. I'm not smart. I don't know fancy words. I can't even express from my heart how grateful I am. I've revealed these things to me. I'm so grateful I'm not dependent on Joe Biden or Donald Reagan or Donald Trump to solve my problems. I'm so glad I'm not dependent on the Congress or the Senate. But my hope, my rest, my peace, my joy, my strength, my revelation it all rests within you and I thank you Lord I thank you for saving my soul I thank you for revealing these things to me and my family and my first church Lord and my pastor thank you Lord Jesus Lord God I ask you tonight the least of the least but if I can find favor Lord, may there not be a one within the sound of my voice left behind. May there not be one, Lord, that would miss this. You told us what to look for. We see these things happening, and there's more and more and more. Just not enough time to bring it all out, Lord. But it's there, and we see it happening. Prophecies are being fulfilled, fulfilled so fast, they're almost hard to even keep up with, Lord. It's just showing the near coming of the consummation. 
Oh, as you was made flesh in the days of the Laodicea age of Israel's church ages, so have you been made flesh in the Laodicea age of the Gentiles. You have made yourself known. How we thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're here, friend, maybe you've just let the pandemic and the problems, and I, I know we've been through some great trials. I know that. There's some heavy... I want you to know, those of you that lost loved ones, you can ask my wife. I pray for you every day. I ask God every day to comfort your heart. I know what it is to lose loved ones. I've buried a brother and a father and a mother and a father-in-law and a sister-in-law. Grandparents. It hurts. But if you let maybe these things come into your life, it's kind of dulled your vision. Maybe you've let things slip and maybe you've been trying to look somewhere else for your answers. But as you can see tonight in this little simple broke up thought, he told us what to look for. He told us that he was here among us. He told us these things would happen. They don't surprise us. He said they would be here. But if this part's true, then the rest of it's true. That in that day, Christ will stand on the earth in the flesh of his bride and make himself known by the things he did when he was here, by the breaking of the bread, the unveiling of the word. And maybe you've drawn cold, not to point you out, not to embarrass you, but whatever heads bowed, if you just maybe slip up your hand and say, would you remember me, Brother Darrell? What do you think I should do? I'll tell you what you should do. You should get back into the word and you should start amening it. You should start praising it and rejoicing it and shouting the victory for it. As Brother David said, when we praise him, our problems just seem to disappear. Brother David said it right before he sang. And it's the truth. Amen. Just slip up your head just before we close. Say, would you just remember me? God bless that honest hand there. That honest hand, that honest hand. God bless that hand, that hand, that hand. Oh, it's just all over the building. Lord, I'll raise both of my hands, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord. Father, I love these people, Lord. I've known some of them since I was a wee boy. Lord, I've watched them down through the years remain faithful. And Lord, I ask you tonight, if I can find favor in your sight, hear my humble prayer, Lord. And may you do something wonderful for my brothers and for my sisters. Some of them are in great battles right now. But Lord, you promised us the victory. And Lord, I just ask in the name of Jesus. And whatever that is, Lord, that stone or whatever it would be that's rolled into their life. May the great Holy Spirit that raised my Lord from the grave. May it roll away that stone, Lord. And let the sun shine in. Let the sun shine in, Lord. Cast all the fear and the clouds and the darkness away. They're my brothers. They're not heavy. They're my brother. Lord, may we carry each other across the finish line. And we gather there at your house that day. Until then, Lord, may we be faithful. In Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. I'm so sorry I kept you so long. Brother Harry. I was looking in the mirror. Sing that song, Spirit and the Bride, say come. I love that song. Amen. Can we just worship him just for a minute? Yeah. I'll give it over to Brother Donnie. God bless you richly. Amen.
Well, Spirit and the bride sing, come. The elect be and stir inside their heart. Our uniting time has come. We and the Breathe. 
salvation. She's hearing the child of her king. Tokens been applied. He's cleaning from inside. And the dove leads the lamb once again. Oh, and light has come. The bride is making preparation. She's hearing the shout of her king. The token's been applied. He's cleaning from inside. And the dove leads the lamb once again. And the dove leads the lamb once again. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, we don't care what the devil don't like. I'm going to praise my God tonight. The devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. Go on around here. 
The devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, don't like what's going on around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. We don't care what the devil don't like. We're going to praise God tonight. The devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. Well, the devil don't like what's going on around here. We don't care what the devil don't like. We're going to praise my God tonight. The devil Somebody ought to testify Somebody ought to testify For God I'll live For God I'll die Somebody ought to testify Somebody ought to testify Yeah. 
somebody ought to testify. Jesus. You remember last Wednesday night, they brought Brother Eugene in on a stretcher. Brother Donnie and some of the minister brothers went back and prayed for Brother Eugene. You saw the picture the next day he was out in his wheelchair. Sister Kennedy just told me he's been in his wheelchair four or five times since then. And today, he got in it by himself. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord. Can you find Psalms 34 for us? Well, I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and delivered me from every fear. Well, those who look on Him are Shame. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard me and saved me from my enemy, the Son of God surrounds his saints. He will
Jesus, bless the Lord every day and night, never-ending praise. May our incense rise, let us bless the Lord every day and night, never-ending praise. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He'll give you everything. He'll give you everything. My Jesus. I come, Lord, there is none like you, all of my day, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. Is he your comfort? Tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise. 
the wonders of your mighty love. You're my comfort, my shelter, a tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to Brother Daryl, so much tonight. Amen. Amen. And my appreciation for Brother Daryl goes way beyond tonight. I'm so thankful for the man of God Brother Daryl has been, the impact he's had on so many of our lives. And I also love, and I know you do too, I love the honor he has for our pastor. What a man of God. Let's just let's sing I'm amazed some more. What do we sing for? It's an F. Oh, I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed how you care. 
through your precious blood I found pardon and my sins are washed they're all washed away all my sins are washed away let's sing that verse no one knew how alone I was feeling and the emptiness I tried so hard to hide and though I laughed said my life was fine without you I was covering up the secret tears I cried then one day someone told me of your mercy and the love you showed on a hill called Calvary there you died and you purchased my salvation when you broke sin's power and set my spirit free It's true, there have been days when I failed you. Lord, you know the many times I've gone astray. But I've learned your love is stronger than my weakness. And your ear is open every time I pray. like you Lord other friends could never be as close to me I'm not afraid to face the problems of tomorrow knowing you are everything
that you love me I'm amazed how you care through your precious blood I found pardon and my sins are washed they're all washed away God bless you. Be dismissed. Sing this as you go tonight. I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed how you care. Through your precious blood, I found pardon. Yeah.